Welcome to Fly Cool Shit, the show where Jeff Petro and Mark Pollard talk about aerobatics, unique airplanes, aviation news, and so much more. Hey pilot, you're cleared to enter the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fly Cool Shit, powered by Lift Aviation. I'm Mark. And I'm Jeff. And we're back again. We record a lot. Give the people what they want. Seems like almost weekly. It's almost, it feels like weekly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um, We have have Iowa's finest, the the corn cob commander, Aaron (laughs) McCartan. Did you just come up with that? (laughs) Back wow, on the that's a new one. That's a new one. I love it. Can that, be like, can that be turned into C3PO? Yes. Oh man. <laughs> Three C's. <laughs> Three C's. Oh, I love well, it. Well, I guess I guess I know the new decal going on the airplane now. Perfect. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll call I'm calling the vinyl shop, baby. We're doing this. That's amazing. I might, I might make you an inappropriate one, but <laughs> there's there's so many lanes that this can oh. go. <laughs> wow, we're starting this one off strong. I like it. We I should like just go right into the new airplane because, like, I I think I'm more excited than you are, Aaron, about this ride. <laughs> like, and ask Mark, like, when you, when we found, like, Mark, how how jazzed up was I? Dude, pumped, pumped. I was too. Like that that teaser photo was so like innocuous. You know, like uh, when uh, uh, it was the pedo tube thing, right? Oh and yeah, it was like, yeah. like, oh shit, dude. Yeah. Uh, I that think was a Aaron's teeth. Yeah, it was. It was totally perfect. Um, I hate these people that that post something and they're like, "No good to show." It's like, motherfucker, just just show it. Put like it nobody. There. There's there. a couple hundred people. Like you're not a celebrity. You're not on TMZ. Just show the freaking picture. Unless you're like an air show person, like with a sponsor that's got like some. Con- I get that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's like an unveiling guy. component. Yeah, yeah. Show it when you show. It. Like we don't. It makes me hate you more. That's why I love you, Aaron, because like I knew what it was because you you didn't hide the paint scheme in the back. No, no. Well, so I've got a few really good photos of it, but the reality is where I live, the weather has been awful. So pushing out and getting a nice shot in the sunlight just hasn't happened here. Um, But yeah, for those who don't know, I picked up an Extreme Air. I've got an SBOC 300, Extreme Air XF41, whatever you want to call it this week. Yep. Um, And you got probably... You probably got one of the, I mean, you got one with a cool story, but that's got to be one of the nicest, if not the nicest on the planet. Oh, yeah. It's Arguably. fantastic. It really is. It's fantastic. And yeah. I mean, it low time, super well maintained, you know, that mm-hmm. custom scheme on it's just hot. And yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm blown away. So serial number five. And um, it, it, originally, I, I was just kind of poking around looking at options. I love the 330 SC. I'll say this on record. It is the king for the arresty style it really is um undisputed champ still undisputed champ you can't you can't challenge it but you know unfortunately like we were talking just pre-podcast i mean my oldest daughter goes to college i've got to live within a budget here for a couple of years and it's one of those i still had i still had money left over from the sale of the panzel so which is back and work we'll talk about that later i'm sure yeah Um, but I, I needed something that I could, you know, swing and afford to operate that would have the performance to keep playing the game. And I was just poking around looking. And as I was fact finding and looking at options, I was looking at XA42s just kind of on a lark. Um, 
I did a little fact finding and happened to reach out down to Bentonville and talked to Ed Seister and he, you know, um, he had this thing for sale and I, I really wasn't expecting that. And yeah. he was really fair and it, the deal went down quick. We bought it actually, I, I actually honestly said, yeah, talk to us about the buying December. process. Yeah. So I had called like going actually, down there. Well, cause I had inquired about uh, doing a 42 cause I knew he had one. And I was going to get a certified one thinking, well, if I could have the performance, maybe give some dual for a few years, you know, kind of, you know, stay in the sport, maybe not as competitive. And I called out his 42, just knowing that he had one in the registry. Um, and he said, well, he said, I might sell it, but I really want to sell this 41. And whoa, you know, okay, pause, break. Let's talk about this. And um, he sent me, uh, we did a video tour of it. He sent me all the logbooks. He, you know, sent me all the information. Um, and I was able to actually do a pretty good pre-buy. I talked to his mechanics on it. We talked, uh, saw the whole maintenance history of the airplane. I mean, it was just impeccably well kept. And, um, I actually, um, I, I had seen it when I was down a year ago, evaluating the game bird. Hadn't seen it since, but I, once I got all the numbers, did deep dive in the logs and we did this big video tour and looked in all the nooks and crannies. And I, I mean, I had everything I needed to go with it. So, um, he pitched a number out and I couldn't beat it. And so I just sent him a deposit right away. I mean, I, it's like, hold it. I'm, I, I do want this thing. Um, was he flying well, it at the time? Cause he's from England. Ed Seister. He was an unlimited yeah, pilot from England. He was an unlimited pilot on the UK team and he's been just kind of poking at it, but it's only tallied like 15 hours in the last few years. Um, yeah. And they had actually just upgraded the engine on it because it had been sitting enough that they were concerned about cameras. So they did a disassembly in IRAM with Lycon. So, I mean, it's got a newer engine. It was still in break-in when I picked it up. So, wow. um, yeah. And, and like I said, he was oh, really fair. Gun. I, it, this is one of those once in a lifetime deals. I couldn't pass on it. Yeah. So I ran down, picked it up. Um, and I, I got down there in January. It didn't work out to get it back with weather. So I ended up bringing it back February 6th. And, um, yeah, even that now that I've got it here, only had a few flights with it. Um, it's hot, it's really enjoyable, it's great. Now, you know, do you like the airplane. tell me about the seating yeah. position because you, I mean, well, tell me about you went down there, you did a video review on it when like pre buy you were saying, and then yeah. you, you airlined to Bentonville. So, like, uh, tell us a little about like your first impressions with it, you know, because it's got a really interesting, um, which I happen to like um, canopy gauge cluster seating position and like, you know, your thoughts on that. Yeah. For those that yeah. don't know the, the, the instrument panel is connected to the canopy. That's right. And you know, there's a little more mass on it, although it's, it's pretty well done, but I mean, your airspeed altimeter, your engine monitor, there's a GPS, the G meter, it's all right there moves with the canopy. So when you pop that canopy open, it's like sitting down in a bathtub. There's nothing above your legs. You're wide open all the way down in. It, it really is. Um, I'm a little paranoid on canopy latches. Um, even on the panzel, I pitched a canopy on it on the ground once by accident. Um, so I, as soon as I saw that thing, I'm like, all right, I better go back to a helmet now. So I've implemented that into my life. But um, as How far heavy as heavy is it like roughly like the, opening the, up the canopy? Yeah, like well, what the gauge is like. What would you like related? It, it's it's still lighter than the two place extra canopy frame. Um, it I mean it, it it's definitely got some mass to it, but it's lighter than like in the NG or the LX when you go to hoist that whole thing over. Um, it's quite a bit lighter than that, so it's not that bad. But again, I just keep thinking if that thing ever comes off, you've got all that mass right there coming straight at. A little better protect the melons. So 
yeah. I've immediately went into the helmet mode, but, um, yeah, you know, the, you know, the appearance, like I said, very well kept, really shiny, beautiful airplane, um, fit and finish on everything is superb. Um, seating position is great. Um, it's slight, slightly more reclined than, than, uh, where I found myself in the SC. The seat's not as adjustable. It doesn't have all the pin positions that the extras use, but it's got enough adjustment, but the way the seat and the floor goes, your legs are fully supported. Um, the one weird thing that took some getting used to is actually throttle. Um, you know, we're used to the throttle has, it's on a pivot. So you can, you know, make these little fine adjustments with your wrist or move your whole arm. Um, this is like a rectilinear motion. The whole throttle ever pushes forward and pulls aft. And that, that's actually what's taking the longest to get used to it. If I go to make a little throttle adjustment, I tend to move it too much, but. Oh, that's okay. rough. Yeah. Can you that, adjust that, the friction on it? So there is a friction adjust on it. I started to find happy medium, uh, but it, it's a little different. And I actually pulled the panel open to take a look at it. And there's little roller bearings and things. I mean, it's a really cool constructed thing. It's, it's a neat piece of engineering, but it's just different um but other than that you know adjusting to it's just fine in the feel and the pressures on the controls um the uh, uh one thing i'm not a fan of the tail wheel will lock or it'll free caster which you know we're used to like having a detente or a detent on it um, oh that's like one, an old school pits tail wheel th this one unlocks with the stick so you have to throw the elevator full forward to unlock it that's like a freaking t6 it's like a t6 um that that that's the other thing people are getting used to and where i'm at it's always windy so i'm always thinking about you know downwind control positions when you're taxiing yada 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 um it, it's maybe not the most ideal configuration but it works can you um, you could switch that, that to an api and, though yeah i was about to ask that i i'm actually looking at that um i got the engineering drawings from bastion Leroux out of france um and there's actually a company that has picked up the type certificates forum and has all the books available uh liftify and i've reached out to them and they've got on their website they've got all the links so i've kind of looked at that thinking well can i maybe go to something with a detent because you're going to end up brake staring anywhere you cut it so mm -hmm. um I, i'm, I'm kind of looking at options right now but for now yeah I'm, i've i'm adjusted to it i'm getting used to it but yeah. there's some things that are different so yeah what is the airplane way it's like 1300. It's lighter than an oh SC. Oh my God. That is so light. It is. It's, uh, mine, mine's, uh, if the numbers are right, mine's at, uh, 1291. Wow. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's light. It's a little heavier than my Panzel, but it's got the 580 on it and it's a Lycon 580. So Jesus. And what prop are you that? swinging? This, so this is the old wide cord. So it's 203 centimeter diameter with the 20 centimeter blade cord. Um, same prop I had on the Panzel. Um, yeah. it's pretty vicious. That's a good prop. Um, it's, it's a good prop sets you back in the seats. Um, and of course the drag on this thing is really low. I mean, it's slippery uh, flying at home. I was running 24 squared at 3,500 MSL and I was just nicking 200 knots all the way home. Just wow. shaking my head. I was just shaking my head, watching the ground speed and the airspeed. Just like, man, this yeah. isn't bad Everybody thinks the, the SC is fast, um, cross country, but like, you know, cruise, you know, eco, you know, cruise power, are you getting like yeah. what, like 165? I would say it's actually a fairly slow airplane by comparison. Actually, a little bit more. Road. I'm sorry, like 170, right? I forget. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, run, it, it, I do, I do econ cruise, so I don't do 25 square cruise. Sure, sure. Well, and what I found with, um, with the few that I've ferried over the years, um, you know, if you get up in the, you know, nine, 10,000 feet range, like 2300 and full throttle, you can go a little faster, but yeah, it's, 
it's quick enough, you know, but this thing is kind of ridiculous for that. So yeah, like MX's, it, definitely... Xbox, Game Birds are freaking like 30 knots fast there. Yeah. <laughs> but um the the one thing I have not gotten used to yet is the ailerons. I mean, they are different. They're not bad, but they are different. Um yeah. just absolutely massive spades on it. Um and if you're really hauling ass and you throw the stick over, it's got a little bit of snatch where it tries to pull it out to the stop and I'm I'm not quite used to that yet. Um, mm. And it is blistering roll rate. So I, I just need some time in the seat. I just need the weather to improve. So, but man, um, it's it's definitely a fun learning experience. So how would you how would you compare this airplane to the Game Bird? Because obviously, you know, same same engineer that designed it, and um, you know, obviously it's a single seater, so the the CG is a little different. You know, one up yep. and everything. Um. um you know, so the time I flew the Game Bird, I actually had Philip himself in the front seat. And I have to say, I, I, I know there's a lot of FUD out there. I actually didn't mind some of the flying qualities of the Game Bird. Um, the ailerons felt like a hybrid between the Panzel and the 330SC. Um, they were light and effective like the 330SC, but they had a heavy centering like the Panzel. This does yeah. not, the SBOC does not have that centering feel. Now, no P-strip yet, but that may be coming. But there's like no centering feel, and then it's got a little snatch, which makes it really wild when you turn it loose. Yeah, uh, Game Bird's a little more stable in pitch and yaw than this thing. Um, this son of a gun, I was doing vertical snaps with it on one of the early flights, and uh, gave it just a little too much rudder, and it just went off into this wild tumble. And I went for a <laughs> heck of a ride, cut the power, recovered it. Like, well, okay, that works. Um, yeah, and, and but. I've also had a lot of pilots. Um, some of my friends from the South African club have, uh, like Eugene Dupreeze, he said, well, you know, the 41's really twitchy in pitch. And he said, no, 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 you got to get a 42, put the single place canopy on it. He says it's a little more stable. Well, I, I found the game bird at slow speed to be a little pitch unstable. This yeah. thing, this, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. I mean, yeah, it's sensitive, but I don't think it's twitchy by any means. Um, You're the second good. person so, I've heard about the say about the game bird about uh, kind of slow speed regimes it being a little unstable in pitch. Yeah, uh, there's actually uh, a pilot operating handbook entry that I think it's under 90 knots. Do not let go of the stick, um, <laughs> just for what it's worth. So yeah. then you go to this, you know, you go to the XA41. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's got a lot of pitch rate. You know that elevator, the horizontal stab, and the wing are really close together on this thing. So yeah, it'll pitch fast, but. You know, if, if you're used to acro birds and you're used to that light touch, like in the SC, this is not much different. Yeah, I was about to goes. say, when I first got into the SC coming from the regular um, rear section of all the other extras, it's it's pitchy as fuck, you yeah. know, until yeah. you get used to it. Yeah, I think if you've flown the SC and you got in this, I mean, the the it feels like this has got a lot more rudder authority. Elevator's about the same, and then the ailerons are different. Um a lot more wing area so the wing really hangs on so the snap a huge is wing completely different yeah huge wing i feel it, like you're is... gonna like this plane better than the sc Aaron. i mean like <laughs> i really do i just feel like this airplane fits you so much i just it, i don't know you know i developed when i was flying the panzel because the panzel is known for the huge wing and having that ability to take all those really tight <laughs> corners i developed a style with that and it took me a long time to shake that getting into the sc so I've been kind of playing with this thing, you know, going plane to plane, going level to vertical or going all the way through your inverted 135s and man, it'll hang a corner. And it, so I might get some of my natural style may come back with this thing. There, there's possibility here. This is a good thing. So I just, yeah, need, to, I'm pumped. just need a little more time in her. So, yep, yeah. Yep. 
Well, and and if if you could describe two, at least for me, two characteristics, two poor characteristics of aileron feel, it's it's snatch and no centering. <laughs> yeah. I think most people yeah. would probably agree. Um, yeah, and that that's what drives me nuts about the three hundred L. Um, and obviously, it's tunable. Everything, everything is yeah. to an extent. Oh, yeah. And you have way more um, adjustability and and free reign with with that airplane than you know maybe a certified option. So I I would highly imagine that once once you get the feel to where you like it, I know some people like snatch. I, I personally don't, but well, aileron snatch. I guess I'll clarify. Yeah. But well, um, yeah, yeah, we got to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah let's, let's make that very clear. Um, you but, are going to get canceled. <laughs> this this episode is getting flagged. Um, yeah. But I figure, like you know, like once you either get used to it or you know work it out a little bit uh, out of out of the out of the touch of the ailerons, that's going to be a hell of an airplane. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, last time I flew it was, uh, was about a week and a half ago. Like I said, our weather has been awful this spring. But about a week and a half ago, I went out and picked up some of those nice long straight flat roads that we've got out here in the Midwest and just started working on rolls and at different rates in both directions. That was the entire mission. The entire flight was just roll one left, two right, and then do a two of two left and do a four of two right. Da, da, da. And um, try and do it in varying magnitudes of, uh, of speed. And like I said, it, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give it about three or four more hours without touching the configuration. If I can get the feel for it, I'll fly it unmodified, but I'm already eyeing the peace trip. I, I, I said I'll give it five hours. I've got about three more to go. Oh, Don um, is I very can, happy with that. Figured out. <laughs> What's that? So the Don is very happy with that comment. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it just. A, I've got a couple more hours. If I get it, great. If not, I'll start small. So, and, yeah. and what about actually, playing with somebody... the spade position, or or even size so, for that matter? So the spades on this thing are absolutely monstrous. Uh, I don't doubt that shrinking them a little bit would would uh, solve that. Um, at least it, it reduce the the snatch and the break and make it a little breakout. Um, honestly, I think about two or three inches of um, p strip in trail with spade, you get a little bit of venturi between the spade and the lower boundary of the wing. If you put the p strip in trail with the spade, that's actually a little more effective than if you do it like inboard or outboard. Hmm. Um, so I'm thinking about maybe two or three inches in trail on on each side and start with that. But like I said, I, I have three more hours. I'm going to give it three more hours, then I'll see where I'm at. If I have to it concede, is... cut some insulation and go, that's what it is. Yeah. This is going to be a great thing. And I'm really excited for, you know, just uh, nationals and you showing up with nationals, if not this year and next year. Um, yeah. Just because it, it diversifies the, uh, the category. It also, you know... Aerobatic planes are are really, you know, we see it right now with Game Bird and, and people why they're buying a Game Bird because it's here and they can touch it and and see it. So like you having an XA41 here and you know, people that are going into advanced and unlimited. Um now it like, you know, to, I think if anything, you've you've really helped that market in the US because there it's a it's very that the extreme airs, the XA41s and 42s. I know that there's a couple here in the, in the states, or maybe more, a couple more than a couple. If that makes sense, but it's yep. pretty dominated in Europe um, as far as uh, most of their most of the airplanes. So it's going to be um, great for that, and it's going to diversify the category. I think it, it in, in short, it's also going to help the uh, the SCs, uh, the pilots, in in that maybe possibly yeah. because you see ten SCs going in a row. It's it's hard 
to get excited again. So, um, you know, putting an XA41 there and, you know, um, seeing a different style, it's a lot faster and yada, yada, yada. So I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a great thing and, and I'm super, super excited for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm having fun with it. And I'll say this, I'm still very early with his model, but I think there is even getting away from a Rusty for a minute. I know for a fact, this thing's got some serious potential with four minute. Um, <clears throat> Okay, so going on to possibly getting canceled. Have you all seen the tail on this thing? <laughs> Man, the backside's got it's got the curves <laughs> in the right places. There. It's all tail. It's all airplane. tail and wing. It, it's like a three D, you know, a three D freaking RC model. It really truly is. Um, like I said, that that one vertical flick. I'll just add just a little more rudder, and it's kind of that Tom Cruise moment from the second Top Gun. You know, just a little more. Nope, too much. <laughs> it just, it just, it just. And I, I actually, I think I got about three quarters of a rotation before I realized I was in that 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 maneuver is totally gone and completely departed. It's like, wow, that was quick. So yeah. I, I think the four minute potential of this thing is pretty wild. So that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it, yeah. We'll we'll give her some time and. Um, as soon as we start getting, like I said, a little more sun out in the sky, I'm going to start actually popping up some pictures and throwing out some videos with it. Um, yeah. No, I'm excited been, to see how it, it compares to the MX too. Yeah. You know, not like, yeah. not necessarily I mean, compares. I'm just more excited to like see the MX2 or, or S fly. And it's a different airplane. Fly. You know, it's just, yeah, it's a it different is. airplane in the category. You know, like I love that about advanced right now, you know, seeing some Sukhois get in the mix you know, you got the Canadian team. Um, oh, it's yeah. not all SCs. It's not all. Um, in fact, even, you know, I, I'd make the argument that, you know, seeing the, a, a laser or a, um, a Stodiker, uh leave the category for a Sukhoi, uh, you know, he's trading one for another. But to have this kind of mix up in um, in advance, it's going to make uh, advanced worlds this year really exciting because you're going to have a real spectrum of of airplanes um yeah, flown 100%, really well 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. you know what's really cool and that's a great segue by the way so what's really cool of course um I, I due to a little bit of my own intervention but you know i've got this amazing opportunity to help out the canadians this year and yeah, congratulations got, oh, hold man, on this is You're, hold a- on that's such an undersell you are the coach for the advanced team for canada yeah, I'm I'm absolutely blown away that I get to have a chance to help these guys get their dreams, man. This is this That's is wild. awesome. It's a lot of fun, and uh, you know, you think about this. You talk about that diversity. You know, we've got three other pilots running Giles 200s, uh, and and a couple of really hot Giles at that point. We've got two of them running Sukhois, and then you've got three more running 330 SCs. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that's a wild spectrum. And what's great is um, that's going to make your job. Of course, really we've all seen tough. it between. Yeah, you know, not so bad because there's enough experience with it. Um, yeah. You know, like Jersey. Who's don't you think that each each pilot's got to got to fly? Sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to ask you, like, yeah. the presentation for a Giles has got to be significantly different than how you want to present and say a suit. I mean, a Sukhoi can get away with murder flying a little bit higher, and um, yep. Well, a Giles, you you can't. You get that it's like a little little uh, little airplane. Well, so the the neat thing about it is two of the Giles drivers have been doing this for a while. You know, you got Neil Harris and Dave Barbette and they've had their Giles for a long time. Yeah. Miles Crane is the only new, Oh, he's a vet and he's an assassin. He's going to be fun to watch in that thing. 
And Dave's got a lot of good. I mean, Dave's been at the sport a long time. He's very consistent. He's very steady. So he's going to be a good one. And Miles is coming over from a laser. So he's used to four-cylinder economics and four-cylinder performance, but now he's going to have more roll rate and a faster snap. So, you know, it will be fun is those guys can kind of work in a cluster, support each other, and then I can give them, you know, the expected outcome. And so I won't have too big of a task there, especially with two of them being very experienced. And, um, you know, then you've got Jersey, who's been in the Sukhoi forever in a day. And with Ryan Chapman coming in and being new to the Sukhoi, but having coming from a Stodiker, which is similar enough, you know, we just need to get him used to rolling right instead of left. But, I mean, <laughs> shoot, he's, you know, there, there's not going to be a lot of transition there. And with uh, Cunningham and Penner, you know, they both flipped to 330 SCs this year coming off 300 Ls, but they've also both flown 330 SCs. So now we just yeah. need to get him used to the higher performance. And you got Christian who's been in the 330 SC for a while. So now we just need to refine his flying towards that team vision. So, you know, yeah, there's going to be a little work with each of them and each one of them is going to have their own steps to take. But, you know, I've only got two guys that made drastic switches this year. And even that they've got the background and the support where this team thinks great. And they're a super cohesive group. I mean, these guys, the personalities are fantastic. I'm so, so glad I'm, you brought that I'm, up. You you don't find you're not going to find a more cohesive group. Uh, you know you can make the argument that like a, a funded team like the French um, have a, maybe a force level of cohesiveness, but that I don't know how friendly they are. It's almost like a boy band, right? It's like they get together, they do the thing, and then it's probably like you know they're not they're not going on on vacations together. I, they may they may be. I'm not sure, but one maybe, thing is for yeah. sure: the Canadians are they, they are friends. They are absolutely friends. Yeah. You know, I, I love to tout, you know, being from Iowa again, um, I absolutely love to tout and promote, you know, the Midwest nice, you know, we're welcoming to everybody. We try and be kind and conversational. And um, yeah, after going up and spending some time with the Canadians last fall, uh, we got nothing on them. I mean, they're the nicest, most friendly, <laughs> most hospitable group. And if you guys ever watch, uh, there's a dude on YouTube who does uh, mega projects. And today I found out he's got a couple channels. Uh, this dude did a whole thing on the Canadian maple syrup reserve. They take <laughs> it very seriously up there. Oh, yeah. Oh just, oh, it sounds like bad BS. I mean, th that is like a national treasure with armed guards and everything else. So, you know, yeah, it's kind of fun to banter with them. But, I mean, hey, man, our friends up north, man, they got their priorities right. Breakfast yeah. is king. But uh, uh, they do you know, the maple syrup tastings. They do. Yeah. They do. There's um, a restaurant that does like all one. kinds of desserts. Uh, based on maple syrup, like they'll freeze it and make like you know maple syrup popsicles. Like I, I watched. It wasn't that same one, but I watched one where like you see like the the system in which they extract maple syrup. It's a whole dude. It's a whole crazy thing, and it it's wild. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. yeah. It's you know how many millions of barrels of it, and it's an emergency reserve fund to keep it flowing. It's like oh my lord. I mean, yeah. it's, it's national treasure to them. Yeah, and like I said, and all it should be joking, but it's a serious thing. Yeah. 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 And uh, so, no, that that group up there, um, I said, I'm just totally, totally love working with all of them. And you can't uh, not be a fan. Didn't make the team. Who's yeah, the best pilot on the you team? You got to love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Did, I, did you guys watch? Did you guys watch any of the like any of the big events or just even the, the final scores from the big events last year? Um, Canadians? Because we had a couple or... of. Yeah. Canadians. Because we had a couple of events where you had almost a three-way tie between Luke, Jersey, and Neil. And then at the next contest, it was the other way around. And then the next contest, Luke comes out on top. And it was just – and 
it was insane. I mean, I remember Luke saying that and, they kind of just swapped places. I feel yeah, like, and they just they rolled right with fractions of a percentile. I mean, it was so close. These guys, I feel I mean, like they're, they're Neil Harris is not underrated, but like not a lot of people know about him, and he's going to turn a lot of heads. I think he's like a. I wouldn't call him yeah. my underdog because I think he's going to do well. And I, I don't think it's not a surprise for me because I kind of known about the guy and how good he is. Um, yeah. But I think that, you know, if all goes well, knock on wood, um, after the first flight, everybody's going to be uh, going to know who Neil Harris is. Uh, you know, Yeah, there, there's going to be a couple big impressions made and you're, you're going to see that red uh, and white flag uh, popping up on the board pretty quickly. And, and yeah. people are going to take some attention. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what I you like know, about I your team? With What's that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 I was just going to in, in, like, <clears throat> in, in closing with that, I was just going to say with, with the Canadian team, what's really good is, you know, it's not an individual. It's really not an individual event. It is. You get medals, but it's a team event. And you guys have um, you guys not reserves, but there's enough good pilots that if somebody got forbid zeros or something like that, it doesn't take away your chances um, of a team gold, which is really what the goal should be. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So that's absolutely. what I really like about the Canadian team. Well, and what's neat about it. So the Canadians used to have, you know, serious contenders unlimited years back. Um, and you know, what is it? 88, they held it at red deer in Alberta for the world. Yeah. I mean, so there, there's a big culture of aerobatics there. Um, and if you look at the, the way the Canadian team approaches it, there's been a couple of magazine articles run out, and I know uh, Miles Crane's wife, Lenora, is one of the executives with Aerobatics Canada. She reached out to me via email, and you know we were trying to get some facts and get some information together. And she says, you know, we really this is a huge, huge thing for the Canadian aviation culture, and this is That's kind awesome. of a historic, you know, gathering that we're coming in as advanced. And I mean, it so the the whole club is so behind this, and there's so many people pulling for them, and you know, like you're talking about Neil super humble super nice and you know we talk about you know joke about who's the best the best player on the team i honestly don't know no, um, you guys are stacked when ryan well and when ryan chapman came down and trained just very briefly before the nationals um we i only had a couple of flights with him um and he was just kind of stopping through on his way um really loved the personality and he comes from a big sporting background with rugby so he, you know, knows how to work with a coach, work with a trainer, collaborate. And he comes through the box and he's doing something. And one of his lines is a little off. And so I gave him a little correction. We landed after the flight, made an adjustment. He never made that mistake again. It's like, oh, man, if you can get yeah. somebody that can see it, correct it and fly correct going forward. Oh, just, you know, he's coachable time in that Sukhoi. Yeah. He's Mark just hit the words out of my mouth. And people underestimate yeah, I mean, like it's... how important that is because you yeah. really... And I hate that it's, I don't even, I don't like the saying like, oh, leave your ego. It's not about that. Like you have to, you know. No, it's an, it's a skill to be, to, to hear you something really have and to, to be trust, able to make an adjustment. You have to it's, trust it's the a person. Skill. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it for can't sure. be like 90% sure. Yeah. You have to like really believe what they're doing is, is the right thing and, and, and listen to them. I mean, it's so, it sounds so easy, but you see people sometimes and, uh, like my favorite is like, I won't mention names, but you'll get like a world-class coach. And this is a hundred percent fact. And they'll be like, Oh, like um, you need to, you know, lower your nose during, during X, Y, Z figure. And the person will come back on the radio. Like, no, I, I don't think so. And this person is like, <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. 
I heard like, stories about this uh, uh, several <laughs> times from from certain people. And honestly, uh, you know, when you start hearing about who and they is, don't mean is, it, they, don't, they just it, don't know any better. No, but like, yeah. but it also like kind of makes sense for some of them. You're like, yeah, I, I kind of can see how that person would not take coaching from well, the, arguably one of the best aerobatic pilots and coaches on the planet. Because of because why well, would they? It, you're exactly right. And um, I can give one example of a pilot that was aloft that didn't like hearing they weren't, weren't doing the best and shut their radio off and just kept flying and admitted <laughs> it later. And you just go, well, if you don't want to get coached, why are you here? Yeah. Um, so you paid that, you paid for this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You paid for you paid for me to broadcast dead air. Let's go for it. So, yeah. And, it's gonna happen. It's unreal. <laughs> well, and let's like I yeah, can't believe the really person is. that doesn't compete is saying this, but uh and and you guys can uh you know tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong, but like you know, from from the concept of aerobatics, the like conceptual figures of aerobatics, right? You read, you know, uh Michael Goulian's books or uh I mean god, there's the, the host, right, of how an aerobatic maneuver is flown. Yeah. And then you fast forward to um putting it in practice in a contest. I would say that that a lot of these maneuvers or a lot of what you think like spins aren't spins competition spins aren't real spins right um drawing lines and putting and and stopping rolls to where it looks like you're level but you're not you know um all, all those kinds of things mm -hmm. that comes from coaching and that those are departures from literally you're you're fighting your your feel your gut feeling of like this feels and looks wrong for me but the people on, you're doing this for the people on the ground and if you can't get past that or you don't trust that person on the ground, uh, you're never going to get there. And that I, that's why I, I yeah. say it's a huge skill to be able to, to have somebody on the ground say, you know what? No, you need to, uh, yeah, you're stopping your rolls a little late. You know, it looks or you're, you're over rotated and being able to fix that and then not do it again. Huge skill, huge skill. Oh, huge, huge skill. And yeah, you're always playing that illusion of perfection. We're always trying to, we're always trying to deal from the bottom of the deck. We're trying to, you know, just, just give that false sense of perfection the entire time. And like you said, a lot of these maneuvers by definition are not that, you know, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. Um, I've been at a lot of contests where the observer area is uh, more or less on the corner of the box. So no matter what axis they fly we're watching from a 45 degree angle compared to the judges. And it's kind of fun to see, you know, the judges are giving out, you know, good, reasonably high scores. And you watch, you know, every time there's a point roll roll towards the judges, it's overrolled by, you know, seven to 10 degrees. Yeah. Well, they're playing parallax there at that altitude. And then at the lower altitudes it's less. And it, it's really fascinating to watch the people that have figured it out. And yeah, it, it, it is. It's dealing from the bottom of the deck. It's it's playing dirty to win. So that's a superpower. You know, if you, I mean, because that's what it, it is at the end of the it day. It is. It is. It's an illusionist trick the whole time, and it is a superpower. And the the gotcha is because I've worked with a couple of people on this. Luke Penner's one of them. Is you know keeping that straight. Okay, I'm going to come over the top of this loop. The judges are on my right, but I have to roll left first. So now, which point is over? Well, I need to be rolled to the judges, or I need to be rolled away from the judges, and when to do that. And it, it's it it's not an easy concept to learn, no. but oh, when you get it, oh, it's fun, and and it's always and like uh, I had the pleasure of you know working with Rob Holland a bit last year, and like he says, you know, 
and he was even helping me with some things. And he says, you know, just a half point here, half point there. It's just these little teeny increments and that's all the difference. And he's right. Half point here and a half point there. And, you know, you look at any of these major contests, you know, from the regional levels, nationals, worlds, whatever, those margins in the top, you know, three to five places are just so paper thin. And yeah. it's, and I just undid that one thing or just a half point on that one figure more, I would have went from third to first. And so, it's just unbelievably tight. Who would so, you say, yeah. who is, um, in your, your opinion and, and who do you think is the best coach and who do you think is the best, I don't want to say coach, person to work with as far as learning new figures and make, you know, um, flying better or rusty. I don't know. Something like that. So who's, who's your, who do you think is the best coach and who do you think is the best person to work on figures with? That's a great question. I don't know that I can answer that one. Um, in the years I've been involved, because I, I started flying the sport in 2007 and the years I've been involved, I've worked with both John and Linda Morrissey extensively um, and they started me off. And I, I, for that, for Arresti, I'd probably say for working with a guy like John, because he understands, you know, he was a test pilot. He understands the mechanics of it and he understands, you know, procedure versus technique. But then when we got on the advanced team, I started working with Nikolai Timofeev quite a bit. And Timofeev has not only the mechanical, but also some of the grace and some of the style elements. And so Nikolai is just superb for, you know, for putting the whole flight together and getting that performance and playing those shadows in the box, those illusions. But something that when Lentz and I were on the 2018 team together, when you Petro as well, as, as we were all on the 2018 team, I remember there was something Nikolai said, and it was almost word for word, a phrase that we heard Morrissey say every other camp. And Mike and I looked at each other. It's like the same person. We're just hearing the lessons in a different way. Um, yeah. Got to work with Sergey a little bit at a camp once. And then um, I'm not I worked a fan with Coco extensively with yeah, it, and it, like Sergey's kind of a fun personality to be around, but I, I haven't worked with him a heck of a lot. But uh, then Coco, and same thing, you know, Claude. He's big on he's big on uh, you know some of these graceful elements, and he he's uh, got this really cool vision for the uh, and uh, for presentation. And you know, so for Aresti, um, some of these French coaches like Olivier Masserel. Coco, Claude Bessier, they're just off the charts. And then you look at, um, you know, from the mechanical and the structural stuff. I mean, there's even, you know, current members of our existing team, like uh, one of the sharpest eyes out there, you know, like uh, Craig Gifford, who I was on the team with, he's got a really sharp eye. Rob is very good. Um, you know, the Morrissey's, um, they specialize in training, don't compete anymore. So, I mean, there's some amazing people to start with. And dang near any of them will help you if you just go talk to them. That's the best part. I love how I think the, uh, our sport usually is. Yeah. I think the ultimate, I mean, somebody who I would love to uh, quote unquote work with or, or do a camp with and, and it would be, uh, would be Gullian. Cause I heard, you know, when he was critiquing um, uh, Dumovic a little bit and I, you know, yeah. it seemed like he had a really, cause you have to adapt to each. That's, that's the whole thing with coaching is you have to adapt to an individual, not, not a team, but yeah, I think the ultimate, ultimate duo for the U.S. And I, I've, I haven't worked enough with Linda, uh, but I did a little bit, and I loved it. She's mm -hmm. incredible. Um, but I think Morrissey as a coach um, gets it. Um, 
from a coaching standpoint on how to um how to get your player at peak performance right before a contest um and he did that with me and i picked up on it um because it was very similar to when i was um um you know in college and stuff and he just he knows exactly how much to throw at you and how to and and how to build your confidence at a at a realistic rate and and to get you there so morrissey i think is is the best coach i've ever worked with and i haven't worked with them all but i think from a coaching standpoint he is and if he can have rob um telling the pilot um the little because rob is very rob gets it too like he 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 he, and it's so it's so frustrating with rob because he's so good at flying and he's so good at at critiquing people too it's unbelievable and and he critiques everybody differently and um it's what you you know i have a certain way of learning and you have a certain way everybody and he just he gets it um so he knows how to how to give you the information on what you need to do and he gives it to you at the proper time and and i was really blown away um working with him and uh, to be honest and i love jb you know jim burke i've never gotten Mm -hmm. coached from him or critiques from him so i don't know but you know i was i was uh i was really hoping that he he would um have been the coach for the advanced team just to um just to let people hate him more because he he would have i know he would have uh created <laughs> a, a freaking amazing team that would have crushed it and i'm sure jim's gonna i i'm not taking i'm not trying to jim's gonna anything. jim's gonna get a lot no he, he's yeah. gonna get a lot jim's great guys. but really i'm just is. saying you know i he's, i just i think rob's yeah it, people need to train with well rob and What's going to be interesting is, you know, Jim has got a, enough diverse background between the RC world and now the powered full-scale aerobatic world. It's going to be fun to watch what he can do because he's really good at outside the box, pun intended. He's really good at these unconventional things. Um, you guys, I don't know if you saw his role simulator that he had on his website where it's got a little uh, model of an SC and it's on a vertical and it's supposed to do a three-quarter roll and it stops and it's off. And it says, how far off are you? And it's, you know, oh, I think he's, you know, 15 degrees off. Now he's 20 off. And and Jim's got these little unconventional tools he's used. And he's complemented that with his real world experience with several passes on the unlimited team. So, and now he's worked with the French coaches quite a bit. So he might actually be pretty formidable as a trainer. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I'm like you. I've not worked with him. I know him as a colleague, as a fellow team member. I know he was the president of RIAC, but um it, he might surprise a few folks on this one. So it's, I think it's he's going to be fun to. to see how this plays out in October. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, no, I think he's going to, because I think, you know, he's one, he's been heavily coached and I, that may sound yeah. like a, um, uh, like I mean that in, in, in an improper way. I don't like he will, he is very smart and calculated when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, flying aerobatics. He hasn't been in the sport terribly long. He's achieved a lot in a very short amount of time, uh, relatively speaking, I think, um, He's flown a lot of airplanes and I think he's had a lot of he he's put the right people together to look at him and to help him. And yeah, especially with the the, the recent kind of French uh, coaching influence. I'll be curious to see how that translates to his to his coaching style because uh, it obviously yeah, has to run. Um, I think it's going to be well, pretty much French. Yeah, because yeah, through and through. Well, if yeah, if, if you guys watched um because I, I showed up at the uh, 21 Nationals for team selection, and I, I, it was kind of a weird year for everybody. But um, Jim was actively working with one of the French coaches with Olivier, and Jim showed up, and it was a whole new gym. And man, it was, it was flying well. Gym. And 
it was just totally different and, and super, super precise. And just, it, it was really fun to watch him and a lot of style. And so, you know, he, it, he, he went from, he went from, you know, doing okay and qualifying for the team to really getting it and really being a high performer. So, and yeah, now if he can convey those messages, if he can teach and convey that to the others, that's gonna, that's gonna help us, which is really good. So, yeah. and you know, just look how, at, to, look at how do you, you convey it? You know, that's, that's, that's what yeah. we don't know about Jim um, from not getting coaching from him. Like, you know, you can be the smartest person in the room, but if you don't know how to teach, um, it's just, so, it's totally different than being excellent at something. Well, and then That's go true. look at uh, who he's got to work with this year. I mean, he's got some heavy hitters. I mean, there's some serious talent on this unlimited team and, you know, or excuse me, on this advanced team, there's some serious, serious heavy yeah. hitters this year. So it, it, it's going to be a strong, strong, strong showing. I, I so. can I make, can I make the sweeping statement that this year, from obviously having advanced um, world here, um, nationals is going to be exciting. Of course, we have unlimited team selection year, but the the teams right now, the advanced teams for the various countries. Uh, I'm speaking, you know, mainly U.S. and Canada, but because um, uh, I, I say that because we've kind of had some rumblings that the French may not make it, um, but two really strong teams. I mean, this is going to put Canada yeah. back on the map for national representation. And I think the U S has a serious, serious team. Heavy hitters is a great way to describe it. It is. And, you know, I've, I've also heard rumors about, or, you know, speculation about, you know, France. And obviously I think Russia is probably still under the sanction, which is unfortunate because they've got some amazing talent, but um, I was talking to some of our old friends from Romania and a couple of the, uh, uh, a couple of Brazilians that are hoping to come up here and, you know, they're starting to face that realization that we do every time we attend one of these is getting yes. aircraft over here. The Either logistics. Renting with, and, and, you know, just, you know, in, in Europe, there's a lot of aero clubs. That's a whole other topic. But yeah. over here in the States, not a lot of people, the individualism, the pride in what you paid for, not a lot of people here want to rent out an aircraft to a stranger. No. And I understand that because I live here, but that's unfortunate for the people that are trying to get up here and put up a fight on at WAC. And the logistics, the expense, the time away from the ship. I mean, that, yeah, they all see the problem we face every time. So, yeah, it's great we have it here. I certainly hope we get enough turnout where, you know, it's well represented, well attended. Um, but, yeah, it's it's well, tough. I've, I've had bring, a lot of conversations with a lot of people. Yeah, you, you so. kind of bring up something that, that makes it maybe a little bit ironic in the sense that, uh, you know, the U.S. seems to be uh, put out um, arguably more than other countries as a whole because, um, you know, um, the advanced and limited teams are, are usually full fielded teams that have to work out the the, the logistics of, of going to these other countries. Um, whereas, you know, people in Europe, uh, all the European teams, Eastern European teams, Western European teams uh, don't have that level of logistics. That being said, you have it in the U.S. Everybody in the U.S. rejoices. But then every other country is like, oh, we got to ship our airplane. <laughs> yeah. We have to we have to container yeah. it. We, we have to disassemble. And container this. How much? How much is that going to cost? Now drives me fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah. And so now it, well, you may have this like where where the advanced worlds may not be all that well attended from a world standpoint simply because of that. It's it's a weird. We're playing with a weird duality. It is a weird and, it yeah, really is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I had a conversation with a couple of the Romanians. You know, I've stayed in close contact with them since eighteen, and. 
Jeff, you saw it. You were over there as our warm-up guy. You know, they yeah. have, what, seven aircraft in that fleet for their air show team, and then they cross over into competition? Oh, my God, God. yeah. And, and, and so what do they do? I mean, did they compact it down and put eight pilots in one or two and ship, like, one or two over? You know, and they get yeah. enough rentals for a full team of eight over here? I mean, holy cow. I don't and, know. It's just like, yeah, it, it just shows that we're not really, I don't know. I feel like, I don't feel disrespected. It's just like, come on, like the U.S. makes such an effort years, you know, every year. And people then, aren't like, willing to make the same sacrifices. Like once That's every the 10 line. years, like, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and the economics of this absolutely make no sense. Um, I, I've got a teammate and friend who has, has once said, you know, the discussion in his household is off the table about what this aviation thing actually costs. I mean, it, I've seen him wad up a receipt from the gas pump without even looking at it, just throw it in the bin and walk away. It's just, <laughs> it, it's so absurd and preposterous what we're actually doing here. All of aviation. And like Mark. Crazy. Yeah. And like Mark, like we were talking pre-podcast, uh, we were talking about, you know, some of the costs and some of the expenses and, you know, but this is just a sport. These are just toys and yet we go all in on it. So it's just. It totally, totally insane. It is so it's the best yeah. thing. It's the best thing and craziest thing ever. Just like we were talking about with kids. It's like I, I love it. I think about it. I think about aerobatics and flying all the time. More than most things I yeah. think about. And it it's just yeah. this crazy, expensive, blood, sweat, and tears, uh, especially at your guys' level. I mean, you you know, yes, it's it's a it's for fun. Um, but it's a tremendous sacrifice. I mean, you look at some of the people on the team, uh, the advanced team right now. I mean, look at the sacrifices that the, the year long sacrifice. Well, look at uh, they, they left on yeah. March 12th. This is yeah. the advanced team. They left their families and work and kids on March 12th. They're doing a camp. I don't know if there's a little break or I don't think so, but then they're going right to the snowbird contest, right? Yeah. That's like two over yeah. two weeks. It's 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 it, they're in, it's in the you know in the thick right now. <laughs> like um, I go away with my family for like six days, and I'm like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <Out of here. laughs> no, yeah. it's it's a yeah. true sacrifice. It's a true sacrifice. I miss my family when I'm gone for four days on a work trip. Uh, you know, know, on an airline trip, I'm like, man, I, I don't. I just want to be home. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's tough. Well, and you think so about I, this. So, huge problem. So this is. Er, well, think about this. You know, when we try to do. For the advanced team in 18, we tried to get three major main camps where we all or most of us got together. Yeah. We did a bunch of miniature camps in the middle. We had four months to put these three camps together, and then we had to book it out of here, get out of the country, get overseas. I mean, it's just it, – it's a scramble. And now here, they're starting in March for October. So we've got – you know, they're probably going to do this again at some point down the road. Yeah. And – Hats off to them. I mean, it's largely attended. I think I saw a picture where I think maybe even Dunphy made it down there. If I saw the picture Dunphy did make it airplane at the right location. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I it, this has been this is kind of a hectic time of year in my profession. Um, so I, I just I, I catch it when I can. But you know, for Dunphy to even make it down to Florida, I mean, that's you know that's a big commitment. And it's a good thing. And I love the fact they're putting in the time. But wow, you start looking at I know. Uh, yeah, it's, a it's lot an of early time start. Away. Yes, it's an and it's an early it start is. for it, you know, March. And here oh we God, are. Yeah. Like you look at Dunphy. Dunphy's flying seventeen hundred nautical miles, right? To uh yeah. Keystone, right? And I actually took a screenshot of this because it came up on FFA's website, the uh, French Aerospace. So uh-huh. they um they competed in uh Romania. So their yep. trip. So it it seems like oh France has got to fly all the way to Romania. 
It's a five hour. It's five hours of flight time. <laughs> You're flying to France a different to country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah. You so like Dunphy, Dunphy did double that just to go to a camp and like these, assholes, these assholes are crying about not being able to come to worlds. And here we are flying like, you know, continent to continent for them, you know, <laughs> to yeah. go to an aerobatic game. I'm, I'm, that's, that's what I'm looking at. My, I'm looking at my four flight. I'm looking at my four flight Europe right now, depending where you come out of France, you're going between, between five and nine different countries exposed to when you get over to Romania. <laughs> but Again, um, just looking at the distance, that's within even in the farthest you, corner of France. That that's within a no fuel stop range for this new extreme air. I got an eleven hundred yeah. mile range, and I'm seeing the longest leg I could possibly put together is eleven hundred. A gamer can go miles. there and back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, and and that's you know your yeah. bladder's breaking before Man, that. This is a big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. You guys the it really that's off is. the uh, the French Aerobatic Team website. Oh my god! Oh gosh, yeah. yeah, look at how many countries. Yeah, it's, it's a joke. Wow. It's a joke. You know? it's, it's a, a joke. joke. And so, you're talking about right, a team so that's funded. Real, just, yeah, you're talking about a team that's funded back. And just really quick on that, um, when we took the when we took the U.S. planes out of Romania in 2018, we stopped. Uh, we got weathered in uh, Shaged, Hungary, and. The U.S. team, we got we we hit the weather. We thought, well, shoot, so we cleared our customs. We got checked in the Schengen zone back in the you know the, the main EU. Went to town, got lunch, came back out, and here's the whole French team and the Russian team parked there on their way to the European Championships. And it's like, oh shoot, well, okay. So we decided to push out in the weather, and we take off, and they're just instantly on handhelds. Hey, how's the weather head? Is it okay? Is it okay? Can we launch? Anyways, we didn't get yeah. very far. We got weathered in again. As the next morning, we're at the airport and overhead, this whole squadron of acro birds goes and they're radioing down, Hey, USA, we made it out. It's like, Oh, you guys. Yeah. So, but yeah, we're, we're basically on the same route they were, which is hilarious. Um, cross paths them twice in two days. So, wow. But like you said, it's, it's not that big of a trip. And, no. you know, put in 4,000 miles of ocean between the two continents. That, that's a big logistical thing. I mean, you're gonna lose the airplanes for a month when you ship them. They're gone. You know, yeah, nothing to train with. That's a and they're probably gonna deal. get damaged. Yeah, uh, they the risk. always do. Always, yeah. I mean, heck, my my Panzel, we did we damaged the wing. It was out of commission for four or five months while I had a wing repair when it came back from uh, Europe. That's just what that. it was. So, and it blew and oh, it, it blew a hole in the aileron on the way over. We had to patch the aileron when we got to when we got it out of the box. I mean, it's just it was all sorts of stuff. And so, also, I like the stories uh, that obviously you know can't be told on this, <laughs> can't be told in public. But the yeah. the stories of team nobody I, would believe sh- us. No, no li- I'm yeah. guys. I can't. Anybody that was there that that knows are are like, yeah, that that shit was crazy. The, the stuff I've heard, just third person, <laughs> uh, it's insane. It's insane. It, unbelievable. A book should I be written, I honestly, a movie oh. should be made about it. Um, you're, we're probably shows, leaving out leaving out a lot of the stuff too because like as shit was going down like stuff that would be like kind of like eye-opening was just normal because the other shit that happened was so <laughs> eye-opening yeah it was just like the barometer oh. for crazy was moved quite a bit <laughs> yeah oh no you yeah. had to drive 30 gallons of of 100 low lead through transylvania what's the big deal <laughs> oh oh you stayed in the middle of nowhere oh, somebody tried to kill you um, no that's no, right. no, no, they're in they, the middle of a riot. A metal, no, it's just a riot. Um, no big deal. <laughs> so a metal gas can 
clear full of hundred low lead. Let's go run it through the X-ray machine. See yeah, see, happens. I forgot about that. No, I don't, forgot don't, about that. <laughs> don't don't forget that. Yeah, yeah. Those details matter. Goodness. Oh, oh, we God. call this you know sport. What? We, and, we, and hey, what, what, size, what size straight jacket do you need again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It does yeah. go character. But what size straight jacket do y'all need again? I mean, let's get the yeah. straight. Right? How about the Russian dude Lord. flying a sequence with like a one pound lead seat ejector pin, safety pin in his mouth, biting it down, <laughs> flying a sequence? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That 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 requires a big old brass pair that I ain't got. As soon as that came loose, I'd have, I'd have my teeth would have shown. Yeah. That was a mammoth dog, was it? Mammoth thought no, freaking bring was, the guy uh, out though. That's right. No, yeah, this was D- this was Dima. This was uh Dmitry Shmakalov. I hope I got the last name right. Yeah. And I, he he's an assassin. He's good. He's he was really in first good. place. It's fun to watch. Yeah, he, he was in first place on the known or on the free known. He qualified in Q1. I mean, just no problem. So <laughs> wow, wow, but wow. Can you, like if anybody yeah. doesn't know what it looks like, so it's a, imagine like a um like a pedo two cover, how it's got that little flag hanging out. So imagine this like red flag, and then it's attached to like an. It looked like an A ten like solid round. pin. Yeah. No, it looked like no, it looked like a brass A ten round. It was like one inch diameter. Yeah. And like four <laughs> inches long. And I guess it's some type of safety thing, so you don't pull the pull the handle because the suit's got the thirty one M's got it. Yeah. Yeah, it's the safety of the seat. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's so the he, safety of the ejector seat. So somebody took it out halfway or whatever, so it was flopping around in the flight. So instead of the guy wagging out, he just bit down on this freaking piece of one pound metal and kept going. And then he had to stop, I guess, after a while. I guess a couple of his sheet teeth so, shatter. Yes, he broke his teeth. So, but the, but but think about this, okay? So you've got basically a pound of metal. You're holding like a bit between your teeth, uh, yeah. and you make a nine G corner. Yeah, oh, I think nine pounds of jaw is not meant to hold. <laughs> Holy moly! I mean, monster. Oh, yeah, that, that's what a, new, a monster. That's a new level of tough. I yeah, know, like... that's a new level of tough. Oof. Oh, what else happened that trip? I, I got mean, There was so much shit. Oh, Dude, there was there was so much. Uh, I, and, I I don't even want to bring it up to jog memories, but just there's, no, I'm not going to bring up the other stuff. But I'm just there's more stuff, stuff in my head. There's more stuff in my head where I'm like, this is not even. We haven't even. This is a three. We're talking about yeah. level three yeah. stuff. <laughs> and don't forget, like the American. Sorry to be cryptic came, to our listeners, but God we came in damn. there. So, God. like, we came into Ploiesh in Romania, fat, dumb, and happy. And we obliterated that when it was uh, Nazi occupied in World War II. It was a big raid. Yeah. Um, and we, yeah, operate. we didn't bomb it. We fucking leveled Like, it was just. Yeah, they leveled it. Oh my god, it was bad. I mean, good for obviously for the right reasons at the time, but um, yeah, we. I can't even think of the right word of of the amount of B twenty. I think it was a B twenty, the B twenty fives that went over there, right? It wasn't. Uh, it was B seventeen. Yeah, B twenty fours. Yeah, yes, seventeens, twenty fours out of Libya and um, uh, hundreds, just this hundreds of bombers called operate. Hundreds of them, and this undersells it. It was called Operation Tidal Wave. That yeah. undersell oh, wow. the magnitude of it. And they all they were in high level bombs. The they all went in there at like a couple hundred feet, uh, and just well, like fucking yep. leveled it. And then here we are, and it looks exactly the same. Except Actually, we built some you, of the buildings. You guys are rolling up in like army green, freaking uh, American no, we're red, white, and blue. Shirts. No, like red, white, and blue from Napoleon. Dynamite. Red, white, blue. Yeah, we still like the, the psych, the roundhouse kick to the face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, 
Nobody Why doesn't like anybody like us? Um, <laughs> I know. Playing fucking Van Halen. If, I went to like three or four different museums and every one of the museums had a whole display dedicated to what happened when that raid went off. And it's like, Oh God, that was us. Uh, My bad. It's, it's, it's an experience. Yeah. Our bad. Our bad. Uh, I'm glad you can enjoy the freedom. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, How's that freedom feel? It's it's something else. It's something else. But, uh, but no, you know, yeah, America. But, I wish I wish know, uh, um, when the statute of the limitations is up on that, I would love to see a full multi-point breakdown of nobody everything. Would it. It's in oh my god! Every all the listeners are like, just fucking say it. Like, there's no way you can't. It's bad. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. I, I'm privileged enough I to, be to know right some now. of it. Should be here on multiple occasions. I should not be here. Uh, yeah, no, that's right. That's right. But the, Don't go there. That's long funny. story short, is that these other teams will not experience that because they don't no. ever have to experience no. that. I, I'm just going to go back for you know because there's a certain level of stress comes with all of this, and um, I got to go back to the late Mark Fullerton. Uh, he was always big on at the end of the day, the whole team getting out for dinner. Look around the table and everybody raise a glass and say a toast. What are we toasting to? The fact we're all still talking to each other. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it, it, it's you, these things can be so stressful. And here's the thing the environments, it's just like a big regional contest. People BSing, you're getting the coolest accents from all over the world. Yep. Some of the nicest people, you can talk about anything. You got this common love of aviation. It is such a cool networking experience underpinned by this ridiculously stressful and obnoxiously expensive sport and it's like yeah we do this for fun i mean we're just this is nutty but by the fourth flight is, though, everybody's you know, it, like everybody starts to or third yeah like the fourth flight i noticed like right before that flight um everybody was like kind of not turning the game face on but wasn't so friendly but i i that's that yeah. should that's how it should be it's like probably part for the course yeah yeah but as soon as that flight was done and we got to the grand finale yeah. and same, same thing with uh, the four minute in Poland last year, when you get to that, you know, the last big show off event and, you know, the stress is cut back a bit. And then even after the, you know, the end banquet and the party and the award ceremony, I mean, yeah. it is, it is genuinely cool to just hang with these people with none of that stress. And it's like, all right, you know, and you get some invites, Hey, come over, come visit sometime. It's like, yeah, this is more than just going around. Oh, the, you, block the networking or, is incredible with the aerobatics. Oh, it just, it's, yeah. And friends for life, I've, I've actually, and with all the events I've participated in so far, I've stayed in touch with a few of the people from each of them and just some amazing souls, some just super, super nice people. So yeah. I'm, yeah, def- definitely a big fan of all of them. So, so who do you, yeah. who do you, who are you going to train with this year? Are you, I know you do your, your, you do a lot of training with Linda Morrissey and John Morrissey, who I can't speak highly enough yeah. of. Um, is there anybody well, else i mean i'm not talking about like you know if like not i'm not trying to downgrade you know lens at all but i i you know mike mike will watch you on the ground here and there but like as far as uh coaching critique you know like a morrissey type anybody new well i don't have anybody new this year um and of course uh, you know this year just I, I i owe it to the people that have put their faith in me so with the canadians most of my focus and energy is going to be on making sure i'm available to them if I get the time in between, I'm going to be working on me a little bit. But again, my priority is them. I got to help those guys out. That's that's yeah. such a huge honor, such a huge, and it is responsibility too. But um, it speaks to your I character to sure that you're willing to take it so seriously. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it, it's going to burn. This is not a guilt thing. And for my students who are listening, um, I don't take this as a slight against, but I mean, it, I'm basically burning all of my free time on them this year. Um, I, yeah. Right now, it, it's in question if I'll go to the nationals just on my available time off from work again. But this year is not about me. This is about them. And this is about helping them reach their goals. And I am steadfast in that. Now, yeah. on the other hand, you know, if I, if I do get some free time, if I do get some spare time, I'll probably have uh, John and or Linda come up and I've got a box in my airfield. I'll probably do, you know, some little mini camps there. Um, and we'll see who I can get together from the team or who I can get together, you know, from the, even from the current advance. Cause there's a few floating around. I mean, there'll be some path crossings where I'll get some little mini camps or mini sessions in a lot of what I need to do is self critique. Well, I just need time in the seat with the new airplane to get used to the yeah. differences. So mm-hmm. we'll see how much I put in this year. Um, but my biggest priority is going on with the others. So when do you anticipate the next, the first camp for the Canadian advanced team to be? So we've actually got, so it, you, you've heard me bitch about the weather the whole time here and how it's, oh, it's been you. awful this year. Um, and yeah, it's the Northern climate has got hammered this year. Um, we've actually got some stuff scheduled. Um, we're we're going to I'll jokingly call it a goose migration. We've got some Canadians coming South here um, as soon as late April. Um, and we've got a bunch of stuff where it's just kind of in soft light pencil on the calendar. Um as far as me going off to camps, I've got stuff. Mark, Mark is trying through. to wrap his head around it. You saying as soon as late April, he's like, <laughs> I don't think yeah. he, do you grasp that Mark? I, I think that went over Mark's head. <laughs> we, we basically lose <laughs> half the year in the Northern climate, man. It's just gone. It's gone. It's unusable. Yeah. You know what? Um, this year we've lost it too. I, I'm, I'm, I, today is sunny. Yesterday was sunny. We've had, we're at California is officially out of the drought. Like literally, I'm, that's not even a joke. And it's been shitty weather. And we're getting back into it. Another ten days of rain coming. It's uh, so oh, I'm. I, yeah, I don't might as well be in the Midwest now. I do not feel. feel yeah, yeah. Well, um, as soon as we can get you know usable runways, and we've got uh, motivated uh, pilots here, which is coming up quick. We've actually got a couple of camps uh, scheduled. I've got one out in the northwest with everybody out there that's within range. Um, I've got one major training event set up in uh, Manitoba with Luke and his crew. He's going to host. I've got another one set up in Alberta and going throughout the year. Um, and then we've got some stuff where I will like on short notice run up to Ontario or Manitoba. And if any of those guys want to come down here, we've got to open up. But I've got four main training events set up. But like I said, the, the, the first one that's actually hard set scheduled isn't until, uh, uh, uh early June. And that's just, for them, I mean, they're further north yet. That's the best we can do on weather. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. it's that kind of restriction. But you know, and and so, well, part of me, the internal competitor for me is thinking, shoot, if you see one person training, we're behind, and so I, immediately my competitive edge fires. I'm like, I got to get to it. I got to, I got to, we got to start cracking the whip. We got to go. But the reality is, um, we've got the window. I don't have good flyable weather. You know, we do have a lot of months, but you know the teams in the warmer climate or the teams with access to airplanes in Florida, they're, they're getting a jump on it. They're getting ahead. There is also such a thing as there is also a thing as overtraining and fatigue, you know, um, that law. And I would say that results, you know, the U S has, I would say again, just this is casual observer, me looking at this. And I I've seen it with a few friends, right. That are, that are now on the team. Um, they've absolutely overtrained. 
you absolutely can overtrain and burn yeah. yourself out. And you see it. You see it kind of quite yeah, often. Yeah. Quantity, quantity, not quality. Yeah. A lot of junk you fights, know, t- a lot of just hard hitting, you know, kind of beating yourself up type of stuff. And it's like, you know, I know that's the American way. We're, it's always like whoever trains harder, pushes harder, spends more, does it more is better. And it's like, well, if if it's misdirected or it's too much, then yeah. by the time you get by the time you get there, you're 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 burnt. You're fried. Yeah, that's why the right coach Mark, is so important. You, well, yeah, and and Jeff, between your fitness training and Mark, you know, you with the bicycling, and I'm got into lifting now. You know, if you overdo it once in the wrong time, it's months trying to get bounced back to where you were. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I I've I've had this for years watching. You know, the Floridians get going, and it I just yeah. immediately just turned green with envy. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. oh god. But um, I'm in their it, sandals it, in the middle of December, like it just. <laughs> yeah that's not all right that's not all right so it, i notice i will jump into comments any floridian it, any floridian that comments about 45 being cold i will jump into comments and harass you incessantly i, I wish <laughs> i knew what 45 was at this point yeah but um you know it just it, just you know keeping an eye on them and and watching the team you know we've we've discussed this and we've had some you know we've had some team meetings via zoom which is fantastic um, we stay in communication. Um, we're actually got another one coming up here soon. I'm trying to get scheduled with everybody. Um, yeah. we've been working on designs for the free knowns. We've been, I've been generating unknowns for them and I've been sending stuff out for thought experiments and giving them exercises where they can, you know, look through it. <laughs> we've discussed, we've discussed, you know, how we're going to handle the presentation where we're going to fly in the box. And so, uh, I mean, we can do all this, you know, ground school type stuff remotely. So we can keep That's awesome. involved involved. In- as soon as we can get the bodies in the airplanes, you know, that part will happen quickly. And it's uh, that law of diminishing returns. You know, the first camp, you're going to see your skills jump up, you know, 30, 40%. Yeah. The next camp, you're only going to get a 15 to 20% gain. And then it's going to be less and less and less as we just refine little things going towards the end. So um, with the climate we're given, with the time we've got, with, you know, the season we're dealt, um, we're trying to set this thing up so that they, in their environment, have a chance to do it. And we've even looked at, um, you know, Gene, Nevada is not a low place. And when it's warm, the density no. is going to be very high. Yep. Well, I still um, don't get that. I think I'm, well, I think on our first, um, I think on our, our, one of our first calls and we were floating ideas about where to train and when and how, um, Rocky Mountain House in Alberta is one of the big, you know, host locations for Canadian West championships. And it's going to be almost identical density altitude numbers. And that's going to be one of our last main events before going down to Nevada. So, you know, they're, they're going to be training at that altitude and at that elevation, even though it's going to be, you know, thousand miles straight North. You know, and it's, it's interesting because it's really, it's really not so much about the energy of the airplane in that, that altitude. I think you can adjust pretty easily in advance to that. It's more so to pull you know, in the pushes because it's so yeah. easy to get muscle memory in terms of turning a corner and this and that. And then as soon as you get to a, a high DA, high altitude airport, high elevation airport, the pull is completely different. You can't get away with it and you'll just, you'll buff it every single time. And it's, it's so underrated. Yeah. Well, and depending on the maneuver, if you get a visible accelerated stall, that can be a zero depending on the maneuver. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you can especially with the, the nerves just, of yeah nerves of being at the world oh, and this yeah. and that like it's it's huge. It's a lot easier said than done. Oh, just pull a little bit less. It's like well, I've been pulling thousands of times at this with this ergonomic feel and this and this pressure, and now I have to yeah, basically 
figure out in 10 polls on a practice how to where, where the and, air is. And, and, and I'm not picking on Mark on this, you know, but for anybody that has competed, you get in that airplane, you know, the judges now with the number two lead pencils ready to shred you apart. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden you don't have a coach talking in your ear and you're all alone in the quiet and you're out there going to put this performance up and the adrenaline kicks. You always yeah. add at least one G you always do. So, I mean, you may have this thing so rehearsed, then you pull a G harder, you push a G, you know, more to the negative. Yeah, I can understand that. There's idea, so. probably a huge. Uh, so psychological. Um, yeah, there's probably, and also probably a huge tendency to, like, if you, the, as those nerves start ramping up to start to rush through maneuvers too, I would imagine. Well, yeah, every, your mind's double time. time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. And it, um, it, it, you can try every trick in the book. Um, Nikolai had a book on this. I think it was called Mind Gym. And it was how to condition your mind to work under different levels of stress. And then he had some really good psychological stuff for, you know, for getting you shaped up so that you would consistently do the same thing every time from practice to competition. And, and, and yeah, the minute you fall out of that headspace, well, yeah, like goes to shit. It's just what it is. So, and everybody's different. No, you got You know, I, I believe that the books are great to, to get a base on, on what to try out different things, but a lot of people expect, oh, I can read this book and then it'll fix my psyche. And it's like, no. Oh, yeah, never. Not even close. Like, it'll give you some, t- you know, some general ideas, but you got to figure out what makes you specifically calm down. And it might give you the tools to help yourself, but yeah, you yeah, got like, to f- or have yeah. somebody who's an expert in it tell you, you know, what works for you, whether that's going for a drive, going for a walk, going in a dark room. You know, there's so many different things that that people can try and do. Meditation. Um, so, like, you got to. A lot of people just rely on on, on you know, the seven minute ab type thing. You know, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, I mean, look at the French team. The, the French excuse. has a, has an on staff psychologist, sports yeah. Yeah. smart. That's well, that smarter I, way to I train. Just, I, I just absolutely love. I mean, it, it, yeah, and you've got the team mechanics and the airplanes are set up when you get there. They have a dietitian, you've got your crew chief, and yeah, <laughs> they're pretty well. They show up, get in the airplane, and fly, and they are ready when they do it. And it, yeah. it shows, it shows. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. If I win that, uh, if I win that next big billion dollar lotto, I'm gonna, I'm gonna commission that for the team. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I love it. We're gonna say yeah. get, a, get a French passport. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get Ouch. French. Ouch. I'm out of here. Save you a ton of money. Right? I will say that. <laughs> I will say this for because I know a few of them listen to the podcast, not because of that, but for some of the for some of the French team members that uh, listen to this, and yeah, it, I've I've really I've really enjoyed getting to know them. They're some super super cool people in that country, and um, you know, it uh, not just you know the world champion, but even some of them coming in from the Aero they're Club incredible. side. You know, not we just talk them, shit about them. They're just amazing people, and, yeah, and it. But yeah, so the, since they may be listening, if if y'all are looking, I I, I could see about getting citizenship. Can we get Try adopted? The language would be pretty awkward. Yeah, can we get adopted? Yeah, I mean, please. No, no. <laughs> we you know we we I mean, and some of the some of the the digs I would say are probably justified. The fact that like you know the logistical stuff of coming to the United States is like, come on, guys, like as a team, especially funded by the French uh, government. Get and in here. You see the Get you see here. the effort that the US makes every year for you guys. Yeah. Like for the for not for you guys, but like for like for for just for the, the sport itself the and sport. keeping it populated and keeping enough people in it. Like 
that to me is where like yeah. it, it really strikes hard. Like it really puts a bad taste in my mouth for 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 that kind of situation. You know, I will say though, oh, yeah. you know, the, the 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 world of aerobatics would not be the same without the French. That's that's undeniable. You know, um, correct. Some of the best pilots that we've ever seen ever. In Russian too. You know, the, um, it's it's been a real shame to kind of see um, under the you know kind of the, the the climate, I guess, the conflict climate uh, of the Russian teams getting mm-hmm. um, you know getting stifled. But uh, boy, you look at the history of aerobatics. I mean, and and what the French are doing. I mean, just look at the French team. Look, look what they did last year. You know, it's. They're they're a hell of a team. Yeah. They're incredible pilots, and I mean, just unbelievable. Yeah, they're unbelievable what they cons- do. They're consistent. They're consistent. Yes. You know, they 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 are very steady in the sport, and that's that's very admirable. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they it's such it a different approach to the U.S. And I'm not saying one's it, it is. better than the other, but it's it really. And I'm not. I'm well. I'd say that their the approach US is probably better. But no, the, and that's what I was just going to say is like it, you can't, you almost can't have an approach. Every every year is different, or I guess you yeah. know every selection year is is different, that's and then the you problem. kind of head in. It's it's just such there's so many variables that you can't you can't have that consistency like like the French team can uh, can can produce and reproduce. Yeah, 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 exactly. So oh man, what man, a tangent! Yeah, it's, yeah, what a tangent indeed. <laughs> So, uh, freaking love it, man. You know, yeah. give me some freaking, yeah. give me some fries. Yeah, there you go. Large you fries go. and 20 piece, <laughs> 20 piece McNuggets. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go to France on a work visa, become the manager of that, that Mickey D's and just make sure I schedule Louis McSnap to work on the days of the worlds, no matter what. <laughs> Sorry. You can't, can't get coverage, buddy. <laughs> you can't get the day off. All right. You're out of AK days. We need uh, you to work a double today. I was wondering what Jeff was going to do beyond his coffee shop days. I got it. Oh my god! Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> uh, you guys do much. Love it, Aaron. I have Ooh, a question man. for you. Yeah, yeah. So, being an a, an unlimited unlimited team member, unlimited team pilot, and now coaching advanced, what is if you could put an umbrella um, or like a blanket statement over? just the general approach differences between those two categories, obviously different figures, um, difficulty, skill level, things like that. I I understand that, but as an approach, um, having been coached as an unlimited team member and coaching now the advanced, is there, is there just a general difference in how you approach the overall coaching of a team for advanced versus unlimited? You know, I, What's interesting is, I, I think having having been coached by a couple for advanced, you know, b- between the Morrisseys building a formatted program for that, and then Nikolai, and then also having been coached by Toko in pursuit of you know the the, the Siva Worlds in uh, Unlimited, I honestly I see a lot of commonality between the two categories. I see more I see more similarities and differences. I mean, yeah, okay, the maneuvers are. A little more complex and unlimited, and there's you know a wider field that's in the unknowns. I mean, okay, fine, that's the, the difficulty level. A little higher. more complex, but I love it. <laughs> okay, it, it's absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Let's just you know, let's just go with that. You dip another toe, guys. Yeah. It's just you're just putting another toe second, in the pool. Just one more toe. For a second, yeah. I was like, do I suck? I'm like, I'm not that bad. This is unlimited. Is freaking hard. 
Unlimited is hard. It feels like you skipped a category, but um, I, I, you know, as looking at this and as I preach for the Canadian guys, you know, we're going to have compared to the IAC level figures we typically see, there's going to be a lot of higher K figures, a lot of harder figures. There's going to be some, there's going to be a couple that we don't normally see, like the tail slides brought in for advanced, for example. So we're going to have a few new things to learn. We're going to have to swing a slightly heavier bat. We're going to have to get up to 40 K per figure, which is getting into unlimited territory, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have to learn the format and the, um, the rules of the game for um, advanced at SIBA. I mean, and, and SIBA rules are, they do deviate a little bit. So we've got three things we need to learn and then we need to refine the hell out of it. Um, and you know, and you know what honestly, I, I, there's what, what's it, Jeff? No, go go for it. Sorry. Okay, no, no that's fine. Um, but it, it, as, as far as the you know the structure, as far as structuring the training, the training is really really similar for the advanced and unlimited levels. One of them is just you know swinging just ridiculous figures. But um, when you go when you go for this, I mean, it, we we need to uh, we, we can basically structure you on know, the same thing, just uh, commensurate for the difficulty level. It's not. It, it's it's going to be unfamiliar for a few of them, but for a couple of these guys, their goal has been to play at the world level. Uh, for a couple of these pilots, they have played at the world level, and I mentioned something at one of the one of our Zoom calls, and Dave Barbet goes, "They're still doing that, huh?" Well, he was involved with um, with a couple of the whack events, and uh, one of these weird rules had gone in that Steven did. He goes, oh, they're still doing that, huh? You know? So, I mean, there's some familiarity already. So like I said, it, the task won't be terribly bad, but you know, yeah, it, it's, I don't think it's going to be terrible. It's just going to be getting up to speed on the international game. Yeah. So, well, I think, you know, with that, what I was going to say is that it's really hard, you know, from, from your standpoint, it's no easy task to, cause you're going to, you, as far as pre- presentation goes for your pilots, um, you're, pretty much deciding how they're going to fly, where they're going to fly in the box and what altitudes. And we've seen it in the past where, you know, some judges, it depends kind of on the judge, what they like, do they like it down and low and in their face? Do they like it up high and away? You know, so it's a roll of the dice at that point, unless you can maybe look into like prior judging that that judge did at other contests at other wax or SIVA events. Um, Because you just, you don't know on that day or that contest, what's going to bode well for for presentation it seems to vary you know um as the years you know every four years it seems like oh now they like it low and low and fast oh they like it high well you know and and so this is the whole impossible dream thing and jeff you're right with the judges there's there's some consistency but there's a lot of inconsistency and um nikolai threw this one at us in 2018 he says if i ask you to do something different it's not because i'm trying to penalize you i'm testing a theory to see if we can't maybe do better on the next round. And there's going to be a little bit of trial and error in a few aspects that we're just going to have to concede that it's going to have to happen. And yeah. it that's the chess game that is aerobatics at this point. So, yeah. yeah, I get to be the invisible hand of fate. I get to stand back behind the pilots and say, okay, now you go. Yeah, and there's no wrong decision. You're either going to sc- yeah, you're either going to score extremely well on this figure or the whole flight's going to go a half a step down just because of this one decision. It's I hate to say sacrificing a pawn, but that's in, in the realm of chess. Sometimes you have to do that for the greater good. And yeah. so that's that's decisions I'm coming to terms with having to make on this round. Um, yeah, because I feel and, like when and, and we again, were in Romania, you guys were flying. The first flight was was high and away. And it just yeah. didn't 
it didn't seem to score well. And then, um, uh, I forget exact the exact details, but then by the third flight, maybe even halfway through the second second uh, rotation, yeah. um, every you know it was down and in, in, in their face, like in their face, um, yeah. like you know, not even in the middle of the box in in the first one, you know, like I guess uh, would that be like exactly? But we, we, we brought it down to the yeah. 200 meters yeah 660 feet or 656 feet um and and i remember nikolai having that discussion with us because we had flown it as programmed and we were you know conservative no low calls low calls were very bad and i was the top qualifier in the first round but i was in fifth and the only reason i was the top qualifier i mean yeah okay i had good figures i had good placement but i was losing the battle of density altitude and i ended up flying it a couple hundred feet lower than i normally did and that's when in round two, Nikolai said, all right, everybody, let's bring the whole thing down a little bit. And then I'm going, oh, shoot, yeah. with the density altitude, do I start normal, then come down? <laughs> you know, I wonder... I, I kind of had that discussion with myself. But but with round three, that's the one I gold medaled. And um, the 360 footage, um, I've got up on my YouTube channel. You can see the altimeter. I was on the floor of the box. I mean, it, you know, in all of the training, we'd said never blow 800 feet. And I have a couple of them where I was down in the 680 to 670 range. I mean, I was down there on the bottom of the box a lot i remember and the first warm-up they didn't want me to go below a thousand so jeez yeah <laughs> i i now that you okay. i remember it so yeah yeah i, I remember okay, that because i remember looking up going, why is he so high yeah why is he so high and you said yeah they said stay high yeah yeah um, i forgot who, about that but. that's an interesting question that i'm thinking of right now uh, i was going to ask uh about the u.s warm-up pilot and i wonder who they're choosing but do you, have you guys thought about uh submitting a, a warm-up pilot to uh, be able to go to Gene? So the the Canadians are still kind of revamping their structure. They're still kind of building it. Because again, last time they had a team was an unlimited team and it's been quite a while. Um, but for the Canadians, for the advanced team, they're, they're amending their structure a little bit on the fly. And there were a couple of pilots that just barely missed the qualification, um, but have the talent and the skill set. So we're going, okay, we're going to have them as alternates and then we're going to try and submit them as a warm-up pilot. So um, cool. I have communicated with the contest director on a couple of things. I have not thrown that out there yet. So, um, but you know, as the Canadians, as we get into this, we get into the training season, we are going to, we do intend to submit and say, Hey, this is a pilot of ours that we'd like to submit as a warm-up pilot. If they use them or not, I don't know. You know, at all these events, it's kind of on the contest operations, depending on uh, sometimes they like to have two warm up pilots. Sometimes they only want one. Um, and since we're talking about teams, shout out to Mike Siliberti. He came over and did the warm ups for us in Poland. Oh my God. Yeah. What Man, that dude, that dude, that dude is a rock star. And then, you know, then he comes back over here and really high performing on advanced. That dude's a rock star. That was, that was, that was so much fun. And, um, you know, it, and, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we're going to get one in or not, but we've got a couple of really strong alternates that are, uh, that we're working with and hoping they come in and, you know, can continually show up and then we can submit them. I mean, I, I'd love to have a Canadian warm-up pilot. Oh, and, it helps the and team or, Well, and the other thing is that one of them has uh, said, if, if that doesn't work out, he may just register and go as Orange to Concours and fly as an independent. And so, I mean, it, it's the, there's that much dedication to it that, well, if I can't be the warm up and I can't help the team in some way, then I'm just going to go ahead and register and just fly. And I mean, that's, that, there's a lot of passion for aviation from up north. There really is. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of love for this sport and some really impressive people. So I wonder if going to submit. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty quiet on it. 
Yeah, they've been, and, and it's still early, you know, that guess order. I mean, cause Jeff, you know, think about when we picked you up for 18, um, you know, we had, we had started going in rank and like, we, we had looked at our two alternates who ended up dropping out, you know, uh, Angelo and Brent. And then we came to you over it and said, okay. I said, well, you know, you were just, just outside. And then you ended up turning up and flying fantastic. It's like, well, one bad contest, at the nationals or, you know, you know, flying limitations of the 200 at the time. But yeah. then you showed up in the SC and just absolutely just whooped ass. I mean, it was great. So, um, you know, with that in mind, that needs to be, yeah. And that, and that needs to be considered. Um, but yeah, I don't know if they're going to look at the next one in rank order. Um, I, you know, there's some, there was a lot of talent tried out this year's nationals. There was yeah. a lot of really good pilots. So yeah, I think it's a great position. I mean, I, um, we, we talked about it, so I don't want to bore, you know, the audience a little bit, but I think it's something that should be, um, you know, uh, not so much maybe as, a uh, a green advanced pilot, but something that maybe can be targeted towards intermediate pilots that have been in the category for a while uh, that, you know, have the time and, and airplane to move up to consider doing. Yeah. Um, it's just a great, it's a great thing to get your feet wet. Um, you do a ton of, it, it was great. I, you know, I freaking flew every day. It was awesome. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it'll be, it's going to be interesting. I wonder who they're going to choose it. You know, what route they're going to go. I mean, like the Russians picked Mamisov to be their warm-up pilot. So that was obviously, <laughs> um, for 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 those reasons, you know, definitely to be able to fly the sequence yeah. and give the best feedback, which is what you want. So is yeah. the U.S. gonna? Can you imagine fucking Holland showing up being warm up pilot? That'd be freaking awesome. Be awesome. Oh, that would be great. <clears throat> that that'd be fun to watch. I mean, Holland, you, you could just see him. He pull vertical without like five rotation on his knee. You could just see him up there. Just hop, gonna reach up, tie my shoes really quick while I take this ride. You know, I'll I mean, tell you just... what. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Um. I would pay money, and I'm sure a lot of people would, um, if we could raise enough money to get either Matt Chapman or Gullian or both to be the warm-up pilots for the oh my AWAC. God. I would, I would, I would <laughs> honestly, at this point, I'd, I'd put $100 into that GoFundMe. I would, right too. Now. You that know, could be I, kind of fun, actually. Dude, can you imagine, like, it uh, goes up to, like, 50 grand for them to be warm-up pilots? Like, <laughs> how freaking awesome would that be? <laughs> Oh, that'd be too much, man. That'd be that'd be great. And it'd be so, advanced. Jeff, what about you? Why don't Jeff? What about you? Why don't you do it? That's a good point. I'll take fifty grand to do it. Well, you oh, oh for free. <laughs> Six hundred dollars and uh, four DQ blizzards. Yeah. Final offer. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'll maybe. make it five. I'll go one more DQ blizzard. On it. <laughs> okay, okay. I got I got enough. I got limited time, and the time I do have, I'm I'm trying to, to make it through these unlimited figures. <laughs> oh man, Jeff's trying I to make love the team to this step. Year. Am I? Heck, am no. I? No, making the Jeff team. That's what I'm making. <laughs> the Jeff team. Making the Jeff team. The Jeff yeah. team. I like it. God, um, uh, that's good stuff, guys. I'm definitely gonna try to go though, and and. Watch them flying, um, but I don't know. They've been kind of quiet too. I I start like I wish they can market it to the public more. Um, yeah, and, and make yeah, it more of an event. There, That's that the thing. Weird, yeah, there's that weird thing between air shows and competition, especially under FAA rules. You know, competition you can direct energy straight at the crowd, so you can have a y-axis component. But air shows you really can't. No. And the minute you say it's an air show waiver instead of a contest box waiver, the minute you say that. 
then we got to have crowd lines. You got to have fire escape routes. You have to have emergency crews on staff and it just complicates the hell out of it. Uh, I ran into that setting up our contest waiver for uh, Spencer, Iowa this year for the chapter 78 contest. Cause I I'm the one who filed for the waiver and I got a new guy at the FISDO and man, did he raise hell about that. He starts in on, Hey, do you have uh, where's, where's your emergency response plan? Where's this? Where's that? Unless of course it's like last year when you weren't an air show, it's like, well, we're not an air show. So and I know this is SEBA, not IAC, but we've worked really hard with the FAA to keep that difference and keep that line drawn. So it makes it really hard. I mean, the minute you hold out and promote and say, hey, yeah, we're having this world-class aerobatic event. Everybody come on out and take a look. It's an air show. Even if you're not taking a mission, it's an air show. So that's even if we publicize really... it like video, though, or something like to where like, you know, like this year, like we could we could tune in. You could pay and watch these contests, you know, Um Granted, we don't have a you know, force if, box if we had a, everywhere, but <laughs> uh, yeah, true. Oh, uh, for uh, shout out to Forrest too. He does a beautiful oh, job. Gone. I couldn't make last year. I was just out of time, and I had way too many professional responsibilities. But I found myself in my office. I've got a big screen in each of my offices, and I found myself with that stream running all damn day, every day. And, you know, I'd hear a name, I'd perk up, turn the volume up, watch the flight, and get back to work. Oh man, was that fun! So much fun. So, so who are your favorite fun. commentators? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, you guys are great. I, I, I'm sorry. You guys, you guys brought to life. You know, um, oh, cool. I, I mean, Lori put Jeff Granger on the hook for a bit of it. And um, I jump in the comments and, you know, throw some stuff and then, you know, they, you know, help out with some of the things, but you guys kept it going, kept it pretty lively. So that was fun. Thank and you. I love when Goulian made the drop in too. And, you know, oh, I know so David Morton. Oh God. I missed that. Darn it. Yeah. Oh, no, shoot, it's, it's on. It. It's on the live stream. You can, you can still watch it, I think, right? Yeah. Well, I can go yeah. back and pull it. What do you guys know what day or what rotation that was? Oh. Or was it I don't know, but I remember or? there was like a little bit of drama with it because, like, you know, if David, so like we're supposed to be there, there's I don't want to get to, to the weeds here, but you know, you call out figures and that, but after like a couple times, it's it's fucking boring. You know, going like here we go, yeah. into the Humpty Bump again. Like but fucking when David Martin shows up, I'm not going to call out figures. I'm going to talk to David fucking Martin. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. it's not like yeah. the plane wasn't being recorded flying. Like people could still watch the flying. But when you have yeah. Mike Gullian and David Martin, can you imagine being yeah. like, hey, guys, guys, hold that thought for a second. Okay. Um, Cuban eight. Here comes a roar. Yeah. Here's a roar. It was so weird to look over our right shoulder with Gullian there already. And then it's just like. That's David Martin. <laughs> yeah, it was like people awesome. are just rolling in. And that was like the yeah. first time that Gullian and David Martin were, were at a contest since like God knows when talking air like, you know, for people that that really idolize these people and, and really idolize aerobatics, like it's such a huge moment. Um it is. And um, you know, I looked up to the I mean, gosh, obviously Mike and 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 david martin you know like th those guys are are like michael jordan's you know at that point and it's like hey 100%. Yeah. in fact that moment was really underplayed um and i'll even add peripherally that rob holland was just like i don't know 50 feet ahead you know on the uh on the judges line and it's like yeah the the concentrated amount of legendary talent from multiple generations yeah. is focused right here <laughs> you know yeah it was uh yeah that was a surreal moment that really was a surreal moment 
Yeah, Mark and I were like, keep it together. Oh, yeah. Keep it together. Yeah. <laughs> don't panic. Don't <laughs> panic. Don't panic. I love you, Dave. I love you, Dave. I mean, <laughs> don't pee my pants. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Oh, love it. Love it. Love it. Man, it's like that Wolf of Wall Street moment with um, I don't want to say it. it's so inappropriate, but you know, with the <laughs> the when they're giving he's giving this. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Uh-huh. uh-huh. Steve oh, fucking that. Fun, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh I can't no, I'm not gonna say it, but how about this? No, I'll change the right. subject. Um I I have a question for you, Aaron. Another question. Sure, sure. So hindsight being 2020, we talk a lot, we've had several podcasts where it was at least if it wasn't centrally focused as the the, the topic of discussion for the entire podcast. We've had multiple segments on the cost of airplanes and how freaking insane it is to get an SC or any of these top level competing uh, competing airplanes, right? Um, everybody knows you had a Panzel, beautiful Panzel, yep. and yep. wanted to move into an SC. Um, and you uh, were fortunate to fly Craig Gifford's uh, SCs. You were looking for your own. The market kind of at, at that time, um, it, it and the irony is that it took quite a while for you to sell your Panzel. And then it, and then it, the market kind of exploded to where airplane prices, SCs disappeared from the market. The cost went yeah. sky high. And then it's like you couldn't find anything. Um, you fast yeah. forward, you find the Extreme Air, um, which is awesome. And in fact, kind of an, a, 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 I don't know, a sidebar is that I really do like I'm almost I almost have to thank the uh, the S the insane SC market for allowing some of these other airplanes to kind of come into competition because from a geek standpoint, we were talking in the beginning, you know, Sukhois, Extreme Airs, um, Panzels, yeah. Stodikers, Look, like to see them. A lot of movement. It's, it's a lot of movement and it's it's really cool. Um, in hindsight, would, would you be able to make the Panzel work knowing what you know now in terms of uh, just the, the, I guess the cost benefit analysis, right? Of you know you even sure. said it yourself the SC is still the king we all you know I, I haven't even flown an SC and I can agree I mean it's just nothing's beaten an SC uh, overall right um, right and then you you kind of you can stack the deck below and and however wherever um, an Extreme Air and a Panzel and an MX2 MXS Sukhois where they all stack um, you know I guess probably somewhat subjective but um, would you, if you had to do it over again would you have kept the Panzel? You know, I had that conversation late last fall um, as like, I don't know, I think I tried to buy seven different SCs. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, with the Panzel, the hardest part of the Panzel was getting um, was getting the outside snap refined because it, it it doesn't go to the outside as easily as the SC does. And once I, I, I kind of had it figured out and then the motor went south and then I decided I didn't want to hurt the airplane and that was time to sell. And then, uh, honestly, for what it would cost to do that cost difference. The Panzer has plenty of performance for Unlimited. It may not hang too well with some of the ridiculous SEVA uh, uh, level stuff, but yeah. for IAC level Unlimited, it's fine. It'll do it. Um, you know, some of those really hard national sequences, you saw some of the figures that came up at this year's nationals. Some of those would have been a little tough, but she'd do her. It'll do it. In the right hands, with the right amount of time, it would do it. You could pull You, did, you would just one. have to work harder. In the yeah, I, I would just I would I would I would have to adjust. I'd have to put the figures in the right order. 
Um, and I'd, I just have to preserve energy just right, but it could be done. Um, and honestly, yeah, I regret selling it. It was a great airplane I, and it's in great hands. You know, Kyle Collins is killing it with that thing. Um, and I saw that, uh, Mike Lentz is training in it again, which is kind of funny because he used it in Romania in 18 and, yeah. um, it, I, you know, yeah, honestly, Panzel is a fantastic and underrated aircraft. It really, truly is. I mean, they are so well built, so robust, so strong. Um, and mine, when we did the, when we did the engine upgrade on it, I actually got a lot more power out of it. I didn't push it too hard and unlimited because I knew I was intending to sell it. The big regret I had is when Bob Freeman was selling, it was a modified SR that was actually an SC, but it started as an SR. Yeah. Um, his 330SC hybrid, I had my hooks in it. And at one point in fall of 2020, I was looking at it. I was thinking, you know, I could possibly buy that. Payments would be kind of tight, but I could have that and the Panzel until the Panzel sells. And I was like trying to justify it. And I said, nah, nah, I better not. I better not. I backed away. Yeah. That would have been the Look last. Kids. I, I hate to say cheap, but that would have been the last no. like low cost SC I've seen. It just went yeah. nuts right after that. That's 100% the so. last. Like I, I say reasonable, you know, it's like whatever anybody's willing to pay is what the market bears. Right. So like, I can't, I can't fault yeah. these, you know, $520,000, you know, barnstormer listings for a used SC. Uh, Cause if somebody's yeah. willing to pay it, then somebody's just, that's, that's what they're worth. Um, but that's mm-hmm. 100% the last time a reasonable, uh, I'm using air quotes, SC it's, that's an SC for all intent and purpose. I mean, it's yeah. really, it's more yeah, SC than anything is. else. Um, yeah. And then it just, it, nobody could have predicted how, how that market would have gone. I mean, it, cause it, how long was your Panzel on the market? I pushed it for just over a year. Yeah. Which I mean, is insane. Just over a year. Now, uh, you could probably sell that thing for considerably more than you listed it and it would be on the market a week. Yeah. It, it would have snapped so fast. I mean, I, I timed it totally wrong. Hey, speaking of selling the panzel, one yeah, of the I love that Mark's just like had. putting salt in your wound right now. No, I, like, I, I don't. Hey, I don't mean it. Hey, asshole! I, um, sorry, <laughs> I don't mean it to be like well, that. No. I don't mean it to be like that at all. So, it's just more of uh, so, Aaron, you got you got Couldn't, slammed on your deal. No, 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 no. It's it's <laughs> yeah, just well, I, it's all about the market. I, I kind of nobody could have nobody could have really predicted is. where this where this yeah, was no, going. You know, yeah. It's not like you sold it. It's not like you like got. I sold it below what you I needed to say. Okay yeah. Right, right. I, I came out and it went to a good owner, which is the most important thing. Kyle's fantastic for that airplane. But no, so the funniest damn interaction I had, I had listed it on a bunch of online sites. Barnstormers is one of them. And I had put up a whole big summary of all the maintenance that was done. And Greg Panzel's business is called Wingtip to Wingtip. So I had listed, you know, hey, you know, the fabric was replaced by wingtip to wingtip. Hey, you know, the ailerons were modified by wingtip to wingtip. Oh, you know, the engine was redone by wingtip to wingtip. So I have this listed. Now, there's not a lot of public information on the panzel. There's not a lot of people that know enough about it. And I had this guy contact me and ask me a bunch of questions. I referred him to the spec sheet. And then he asked me some more questions. And we got like 10, 12 emails deep. And I'm thinking, man, maybe he's going to come out and look at it. I know if he sees it and sees how you know shiny and pretty it is in person, he's going to just bite. He's going to run. Oh, yeah. I, I'm like, sure, I got this guy on the hook. Last email I get from the guy. Well, you know, I've never really heard of this wingtip to wingtip company. I see you've done a lot of work with them, but I just don't know anything about them. So I just don't know that I can trust their work. Oh, God. 
<laughs> and it's, I'm like 15, 15 emails into it. I, I'm like, I, I finally snapped and I wrote them back in all caps. I'm like, that's the company that built the damn airplane. I just hit send. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like pounding my head on the desk. I'm like, look at the data plate. Look at any of it. Dang it. Anyways, <laughs> it, um, and, and like I said, it's kind of unfortunate. There's not more of them. There's not more info on them because they're a fantastic airplane. But that said, you know, it, it went to the right owner. It went to the right guy. Um, and it's just unfortunate. You know, I, I had my hooks at a couple different SCs and, but that was right at the big rise in the market. So it, it's just, it played out the way it did. You know, I also bought crypto in the upswing towards the top and that didn't play too well either. So you just can't time them all right. You know, no, what no, it no. Is. Nah. there no. was nothing, nothing yeah. anybody could have done to foresee that. I mean, I think it's, I think it's That's still right. shocking. Honestly, it's still shocking. Um, yeah, it is. Seeing what some of these legacy is, extras are going for and um, SCs right now. And it's like, um, I won't mention names, but somebody that sold a really beautiful SC um, is looking for another SC because <laughs> yeah, they can, right? They can just take what they just yeah. sold their airplane for, their used airplane. And if they're in no rush, buy a new one or buy another. Yeah. It's crazy. And to me, it's like well, you never um, saw this. I, I don't remember the last time I've ever seen this. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. Well, and I reached out because um, I, I, uh, through the course of last summer and and even leading up to that, as I've searched for the airplanes, um, I actually got to make a personal acquaintance with the extra family with Walter, Marcus, and Eric, and you know a lot of good correspondence there. And you guys who are fantastic, some of that. and they're amazing, and they were so supportive and getting us over to whack and getting us back out of there, and they they have just gone over and above. I actually uh, went to the christening for Eric's daughter while I was in Germany. Just, you know, just, I mean, they were, they were just so, so kind of hospitable. Just treated me like family the whole time. I just, I awesome. love them, respect them all. And I told when this, when this opportunity came on the XA, I'm like, guys, I, I reached out to them both. Cause I felt bad. I felt like a traitor actually. And I reached out and I said, you know, fellas, I said, please don't take this as me, you know, running from the brand. You guys have done nothing but the best. I said, just the economics force this. It's my, my choice is no airplane or, you know, find something that fits my budget, which is what I'm doing right now. And, you know, if, if things change in a couple of years, my daughter gets out of college and things go well. Yeah. I'll definitely start looking at extras again. I mean, I, I, and I, I might even order new the way the markets, you know, the way the markets roll out, but yeah. Um, and, 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 and they were just, you know, so gracious and so kind about it. But the reality is, I mean, when used is going higher than new and, you know, you talked to him, I did a factory tour while I was in uh, Deanslock and, and it's walking through the factory. And, oh, yeah, we've got the next five SCs right here. And there's five fuselages all welded up. And, oh, and there's the, you know, the, the composites and there's a whole bunch of NGs and various phases of creation. And you go to the assembly in the paint room and there's this just log jam of aircraft ready to go into paint. And it's just like my word. I mean, They've created and they've built a fantastic airplane. It's in high demand. Good for them, but oof, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> it, and and if you, like you said, if you like you just said, if you know the guy that sold one, if he's you know if he's willing to wait, he can have a brand new one. And good for them, you know. Crazy. That's unbelievable airplane. So yeah, man, this market is something. It's it's <laughs> it's pretty wild. It's it's wild to watch because I mean we all. We all kind of geek out with it, uh, whether you're actually looking, you know, at the market. I mean, we talk about it all the time in our group chat, you know, every day it's daily, multiple mm -hmm. times a day. There's something that pops up or, you know, some kind of factoid on 
uh, kind of the the buying and selling market. And so it's really interesting from a just, you know, I don't know, uh, keeping tabs on the industry standpoint. Um, yeah. And nobody could, I just, there's no prediction to the market. I mean, what, what sold for 180 grand a few years ago is selling for 275. And it's just, it's not because yeah. of inflation. It's the, the, literally, it's just demand. I mean, the demand is so yeah. high right now. Hell, you know, look at the old ragged out former flight school ship box 172s are pulling damn near six oh, figures. Yes. Just, yes. I mean, it's across the board. It's the yep. entire aviation market. It's just insane. And, it is. And, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what happens to that market in a couple of years. But yeah, it's, man, it, it's just wild. So it's yeah. wild. It's yeah. wild. Yeah. Well, Jeffy, uh, what else, what else do we have on the docket here? Not much. We could, we could, we, we uh, could take Aaron's uh, time all day. I think we covered everything. Yeah, we pretty much covered the well, gamut, huh? As always, I'm always when it when it comes to aviation, especially aerobatics and the sport and the club and the people. I'm happy to fill it in. So if we did not serve one of these world's problems, if we didn't solve all of them, I should say, um, happy to come back. Oh, so. you are you are a uh, reoccurring um, guest member of this show, and welcome back anytime. Well, and you guys yeah, talked to-, to me mid. Yeah, you guys talked to me midsummer and said, you know, could I jump on? And I, the twenty-two season was kind of wild, and you know, getting through and with trying to get on the Canadian team. And I'm sorry I haven't been back on sooner because this this is fun. It's good for the club, and I love to love to contribute if I can. So hopefully somebody likes to hear what I have to say. So I love it, guys. I have a Thanks, feeling man. this is going to be a, a pretty popular episode. I, I'm I love it. <laughs> this has been really fun. Uh, yeah, so, that's been good. Um, oh yeah, man. No, it's good times. And maybe we can get you back on um, because I think, you know, we we love there's always like these little uh, soft lobs at at the Canadian team and and fun. And it it is completely just in fun. Like Jeff and I have have been very vocal about how much of a fan we are of everybody on that team, uh, the team itself. And super excited to see what they do at Worlds. And um, I mean, what's not to like? What's not to like about the Canadian advanced aerobatic team you know what i mean um so oh, yeah. maybe we can get you back on a little later in the season and maybe even get um maybe you and luke on or i was about to say yeah like yeah you and a captain or oh yeah like that or yeah yeah let's uh, let's get captain luke or let's see if we can get you know i mean even during one of our training events have a couple of them chime in and that you know zoom we could put a multiple but yep yeah i'd love to do it i would absolutely enjoy having yeah another opportunity we'll talk about progress mid-season see how we're doing love it so well, they're they're in good hands. Absolutely, guys. They got good coaching. Yeah, man. Hope, hope so. Hope so. So we'll make them proud. <laughs> I love so, it. Where awesome? Where guys. can any? Are you are you posting anything anywhere uh, to follow this journey uh, on any social media stuff, or is it just all going to be through their channels? So Luke is in charge of the Team Canada Whack Instagram, and we're working on some other promotional stuff. And I, I got to hand it, you know. If for anyone that's watching what Luke Penner comes up with, you know, he's figured out some of those algorithms. Um, he's had a couple of his videos go well over 2 million views. Yeah. And yeah, it, he's, he, so he, he's figured out how to promote this a little bit. And so I, I, we, we've kind of left that to his hands, uh, team Canada whack. And then, um, I will be individually posting some stuff as we get into this. Um, and of course, follow all those guys. File, you know, yes. Ryan Chapman, the Kiwi Aerobat, you know, Neil Harris 360, 
you know, Harv's there inverted. You catch inverted aviator. You catch Jesse Mack, who's like I said, uh, one yeah. to have on as an alternate. You know, he's got to follow. Yeah, there, there are some really, really great ones. I'm, I'm, and uh, Mark Cunningham and uh, Christian Baxter. They've, they occasionally post a little bit. And like I said, we're gonna start cross tagging and posting and putting more and more out, especially as activity gets going. And you know, if you look back at the twenty two nationals, just the banner between Marco Bow and you know uh luke and adam veer and uh there needs uh, to be more of that i love it yeah that's super fun it it was fun and okay yeah it was it was super fun you know taxi by you waving the middle finger at him and these guys laughing at it it's like you know they knew it was yeah it was a soft lot it was kind of fun and i I just yeah like i said keep keep that going keep that inertia going that is so fun that's so good for the sport so good for morale so it's pushing it's pushing the teams it's pushing them it's 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 fun uh i'm man it's this is a good year this is gonna be a good year yeah, I'm I'm really hopeful for that. I am. This is going to be such a blast. So great ride. I'm looking forward to every step of it. So I love awesome, it, man. guys. This has been awesome. This has been a good. Yeah, one. this has been great. Um, thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, thank you to Lift Aviation for supporting the podcast. Head over to liftaviationusa.com. Use the promo code FlyCoolShit for twenty five percent off most items on the website. Um, go say hi to them at Sun and Fun. Uh, visit the booth. Mention FlyCoolShit. And you may get some free, free back rub. stuff. Yeah, you're gonna get a back rub. Um, uh, you may get a, a calf <laughs> massage out of out of the deal. Oh, I love those. Um, you also may get a discount on a helmet. There's also there's already a Sun and Fun discount for a helmet. So if you're thinking yeah. about a helmet, take advantage of the Sun and Fun discount. But you can't but, get uh, all three. You can't. You, yeah, you, yeah. I'd take the calf massage personally. I like but, the back uh, rub. Uh, back rub sounds pretty nice. Funny part yeah. about my back is it's uh <laughs> it's located on my uh, uh... Wait, boy, this this has been a really countable co- uh, podcast, hasn't it? This really has. It, it's heading that way. I love it. That's right. I love it. We already got canceled well, after the sportsmanship. Let's, right. let's get out of here before we get fired from our jobs. <laughs> thanks everybody for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. See you. Uh, thanks all. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 